For the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. Cretans, Cretans, indeed. Well, back in the studio for another fine episode of Brew Strong. At least we hope so. <laughs> we pretty much but hope given the time. given the excellent questions people are sending in, <laughs> I'd say it's a sure bet. Well, it depends if the gremlins <laughs> in the computer will allow us to yeah. have a show. Yeah, or maybe it'll get torpedoed like the last one. We'll see. Torpedoed in the can. <laughs> Is that what you're having, John? No, actually, I'm having some uh, Firestone Walker's Reserve right now. Uh, in the can? No, in the Stein. <laughs> Stein. Stein. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in... Uh, I just got back uh, recently from a uh, trip to uh, Boise. Boise. Miraculous, uh, wonderful Boise. It was actually, what were you doing there? It was a great trip. Uh, went around just uh, hanging with the distributor and going to accounts and stuff and a couple events. Met up with uh, some listeners and all that. It was really cool. Well, that would be. Had yep. a good time. It's a, it's, it's a really nice town. Uh, uh, the flight in was horrible. Mm. Like a storm the entire way, and I was in one of those prop planes, and oh, oh just shook the daylights out of me on the way there. Mm. Made my, me miserable, man. My worst nightmare. I'm your uh, worst nightmare. Did terrible. they like your beer once you were there? Uh, yes, probably not. Yes, uh, we're we're slamming it in, in Boise. Mm. Okay, yeah, actually slamming it. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. I had a good time. They How many people did nice. you get drunk? Don't know. A bunch. A bunch. That's all I know. It was a bunch. But, uh, yeah, it was really very cool. And a number of those people are going to be at CBC. So I told them to come on by down to uh, uh, the uh, the events down there and that we're going to do some shows from White Labs on yep. uh, that Wednesday night, the 1st of May. Should be a lot of fun. People come down and say hi. We're going to do a brew strong from there, and uh, should be very cool. That'll be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. I talked to quite a few brewers in Minneapolis last weekend that uh, will be down there too. Mm-hmm. So. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. That should be a lot of fun. Um, and speaking of uh, a lot of fun, and awesome, and awesome is our good friend. Mr. John Blickman. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. John. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't come out the way I intended. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You make it a little more manly. No, uh, John's a great guy with a good sense of humor. So, uh, he is. He, I'm sure he enjoys that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, one thing that uh, he's very serious about is excellence in uh, the products that they make you know they spend a lot of uh, brain power and a lot of testing and a lot of uh, customer feedback on making new innovative products uh, for your home brewing and uh, it's very cool they also make some uh, some small scale like nano brewing uh, uh, equipment as well so if you're interested in opening that nano brew um, and uh, starting your professional career uh, they make make stuff that's uh, good for that as well. You can check it out. You go to uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. Uh, go check it out. And uh, lots of interesting gear on there. And you can uh, email them and ask them about their nano equipment and, and what it would take to get you started in your own uh, professional brewing dream. So uh, 
cool. And they've been a sponsor for a long time. Uh, I think they they enjoy uh, the people who listen to the show. I think uh, I think highly of them, and uh, it shows in the in the products oh, they do. that they build. And they, and they really they love coming to NHC each year, uh, chatting with the brewers there. Yep. Um, they'll do a demonstration on you know some uh, brewing demonstration on their equipment. They'll roll out some new products they may be coming out with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for them, it's, well, at least for the rest of us, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. They really enjoy brewing, and they enjoy talking to the brewers. So be sure you say hi when you see them. Yeah. Very cool. We're glad to have them as a sponsor. All right. So the show is going to be a live Q&A show. And uh, what that means is we're live in the studio, like always, but you can actually uh, ask questions of us uh, while we're uh, doing the show. So you go to uh, thebrewingnetwork.com, click on that chat now, and that's an interactive chat where uh, JP's moderator, and you can private message him some questions that you want right. to have asked on the show. Or you can always get your questions into the show the old-fashioned way, email, uh, Bruce uh, uh Just email your questions. Uh, title them with Q&A. Uh, that helps us identify which ones are just uh, a brief question, and we'll get that on the air. All right. First question. Question from the chat. I brewed an American wheat beer that consisted of 50% two-row, 50% white wheat. Finished at 10.09. Tastes great, but has the worst head retention I've ever had. It's currently kegged, so could it help if I add any maltodextrin syrup to improve this? No, that won't. That really won't help the head retention. Um, did, he, did he give any other... Uh, brewing info on that beer? Uh, mashed at 152 for an hour. That's about it. Huh. I think you should come out with your own line of enzymes, John. You can make head retention A's and uh, <laughs> sell that to people. Yeah, that's probably that's probably possible. Yeah. I know they have other head retention stuff on the market. Right, right. Stuff that mm-hmm. improve the head retention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'd really have to look into... So that wouldn't fix it. We'd have to look into why that beer has no head retention. Because it should. Yeah. Could be, you know, could be soap wasn't rinsed out of the carboy or uh, variety of reasons. Right. Could be, um, you know, yeast issue or, you know, uh, leaving the beer on the yeast for a long time and barf up some stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, the whole dirty glass thing and so many other things. Um yeah, it's just hard to say. Uh, you know, hopping, high, highly hopping a beer helps. I wonder if you could add a lot of hop extract to that. And well, that's true. You're, you're those um, get something going. The pre-isomerized extract would uh, help the head retention a lot. Um, and, uh, I mean, if you didn't, you know, at, at the expense of overly bittering the beer, but uh, perhaps. But, um, yeah, that, that that is one one. Addition that will greatly improve your head retention mm-hmm. is a pre-isomerized hop extract that you know normally you'd use in a double IPA or something like that. Right. There you go. There's your answer. Sounds great. Okay. What was it? I thought so. I wasn't listening. I was folding so. You're becoming more and more like Justin all the time. Uh, I don't feel good. Not paying attention to the show. I'm very uh, grooming yourself in the mirror. Very sweaty, and my head's about to explode. Picking at your your pubic area. Well, I do that. Yeah, that's true. I do that. Uh, this is questions from Stu, also in the chat. Uh, the Mister Malty yeast calculator tells you how much starter you need when your yeast source is liquid yeast or slurry, but not for dry yeast. Is there some reason to avoid using a starter to grow up a larger colony from a dry yeast? Yes. Oh, you want an elaboration? Says, oh, hey, you want an elaboration? I, I don't want anything. Um, I mean, I wanted reason. a car, but um, yeah. Generally speaking, um, dry yeast—you know—it's cheap enough that you know making a starter to grow it uh, costs you almost as much as the as the dry yeast. So a lot of times you're better off. And people that are a lot of times using dry yeast, they don't have the ability to you know properly make a starter or things like that so um you know tends to be more of an an easy use item um 
but yeah, you could you could make a starter yeah. and grow it up. Um, nothing stopping you from it. It's just uh, just generally just cheaper to and easier to buy more dry yeast. I see. So you weren't implying that they were mentally deficient no. and not capable of making a yeast starter. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> but sometimes people are. Um, but uh, generally, a lot of people who start with brewing start with dry yeast, and so um, you know they're not into doing starters and things like that, or you know. And people that get into starters tend to gravitate toward liquid yeast, anyways. You know, there's a whole thing about you know the dry yeast. They've got you know. A lot of their nutrition in them already. If you're just going to make a small starter, trying to activate them or something, that doesn't work well. But you could, you know, you could go ahead and grow dry the yeast that's rehydrated and grow it, make more yeast. Nothing stopping you. All right, we need there a signal go. so I know when, when you guys I'm are done, done talking. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the the eight Throw seconds of silence closes, is cutting it. My mouth closes. Yeah, but you know, you, you close and you think about it and then you start talking again. So yeah. I just want to make, you know, the pregnant pause. Uh, another question from the chat or should we take a break? You tell me, baby. Let's take a short break. And when we come We're back, take a short break. Uh, things might be better after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. 
Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Uh, another day in paradise. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Soon our paradise will be moving. Yeah, awesome news that. Yeah. Pretty excited. We were looking at some spaces today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. 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 Looking good. Is it live-in spaces? No live-in spaces, no. Straight up retail, son. Okay. Yep. Right downtown corridors and, uh, you know, lots of people and uh, room and AC and... um, And this place... Let's not get ahead of yourselves there. I mean, geez. This this place will be turned into a crack house, I believe. Crack house? Yes. It'll turn back into a crack house. Back into a crack house, that's right. Yeah, the prior use. It's funny, one of the spaces we were looking at used to be a grow house. Oh, that's appropriate. Which kind of fits. It wouldn't. You wouldn't have to stink it up yourselves. Well, um, we might still use it. We'll never know. Right. There you so, go. So, uh, it's a lot larger space. But it should be cool either way, man. We're going to have uh, we're gonna have a green room and, uh, you know... A grow house. That would have a whole other... Growing your own hops, green, right? Green yeah. There. yeah. Hey, you know, uh, Dan Gordon, you know, before you come on, would you do me a favor and just, just trim this half a plant, please? You know, just give me, at least give me a, a pound. Anyway. Ah, yes, the green room. All right, uh, let's see. Back to our questions. Back to your questions. Back yes. to our questions. This is from our ever-present, ever-popular Sex Panther in the chat as well. Uh, I don't know why I said that last part. Is there a particular compound in an oatmeal stout that would be described as a permanent marker? A BGCP judge commented on it in the aroma section along with light, earthy notes. Could this be yeast-derived? I think it's, in my opinion, it's, right. it's malt, black malt. Uh, it's like the roasted malt. Right. Well, all right. So when you highly kill the malt, it, it produces phenolic compounds. I would imagine that permanent marker to me is kind of like a combination of phenolic and solventy. I mean, yeah. it could be like a, you know, a solventy compound from uh, fermentation, hot fermentation, uh, too much oxygen, too little oxygen, too much, e- too little yeast, um, yeah. improper nu- nutrients, um, things like that. And maybe that combined with, uh, you know, some of those phenols from the, the highly kiln malts would, uh, result in something like that mm. but you know you know regardless of um how it comes you know if if you get one judge that says something 
and no other judge says it, you don't detect it, then it may or may not be there, really. Uh-huh. Not that the judge was wrong, because, you know, as an individual, if you taste something or smell something, then you did. Nobody can tell you you didn't. You did. Um, it's just whether enough people actually detect that. If nobody else detects it, then it's, you know, your detection of it is statistically unimportant. <laughs> So, um, okay. yeah, you got to kind of look at it that way. So if you get a lot of people saying, yeah, there's, you know, solventy or, uh, you know, paint thinner or, uh, you know, plasticky, or if you get a lot of those, then I'd start to worry about it. All right. What do you think, Palmer? I agree with Jamil. Uh, it's, I mean, it, the judge, yeah, as Jamil says, the judge is not wrong. I mean, that is what he detected. Uh, but uh, likewise, you know, that's maybe he's particularly sensitive to that sort of aroma. Or she. She, yes, exactly. So um, I, I find I'm very sensitive to sulfur. And, you know, other judges like, no, no, I just get, you know, a normal malt smell. And I take another whiff and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that is Pilsner malt kind of aroma. Where, you know, as opposed to an excess sulfury aroma, so... You know, every judge has his you know, strengths and weaknesses. So, I find him very sensitive uh, to my nipples being pinched. Yes. Being pinched? I've never noticed that. He's pinching your nipple. Pinched. Oh, yes. Sounds like John pitched. said he was sensitive to sulfur. Yeah. I'm just sharing what I'm sensitive to. <laughs> Is it my turn to share? You're, you're yeah, sensitive to kittens, JP. Remember? Share, <laughs> share us a question. It's kind of a long one. It's from Gavin. All right, Gavin. Get to the point Later. already. There's a whole page. You don't need all this Gavin. information. But I'm going to read it all because uh, I like to fill time. Uh, despite all your great information, <laughs> <laughs> I have encountered two batches with a stuck gravity of 1020. Both beers were starting gravity around 1054, and I was shooting for final gravity of 1012. Use the starter for each batch per the information, yada, yada. The issue, I suspect, has been that the temperature had dropped below 65 degrees for a day or two during the ferment. Um, in order to get the fermentation going, I've tried the following steps. Coughing into your arm. Uh-huh. Coughing into your arm. didn't work. Uh-huh. Um, I have tried rehydrating some yeast and pitching on top with no results. Uh-huh. I have raised the temperature and maintained it at 72 degrees. I have stirred up the yeast cake to re-suspend the yeast, uh-huh. waited a few weeks, stared at it very hard. Hmm. None of these things work. Hmm. Uh, lastly, I pitched some yeast into a 1025 gravity starter, waited 16 hours while aerating the starter, decanted, and then pitched. Over the last week, the airlock has been bubbling at a slow rate, which tricked me into thinking something was happening, only to measure it and see there was no change in gravity. Do you have a recommendation on how to unstick one's fermentation, or should I just quit pretending like I know how to brew? P.S. I just listened to a podcast where you talked about Budweiser brewing a higher gravity beer and then uh, adjusting it to the desired level. Is this an approach worth trying? Hmm. Well, it's something that didn't start higher, um, you know, just because it didn't finish enough. I mean, you know, if it if it you know started if you brewed it much higher, like you know, and it attenuated an appropriate amount, and then you thin it out with water, that's fine. Right. But the problem is if it truly is to twenty is not right. Um, but you know, we don't know how he's preparing this wort. I mean, we don't know if it's you know, he's using some unfermentable extract, or he's using a seriously I'm high mash temperature. temperature, or something like that, and a lot of specialty malts. Right. Um, right. You know, it could be all you're going to get. It could be, you know, he's using uh, a, a low attenuating British ale yeast, or something like that. And that's not going to attenuate that much. So it just depends. I, you know, just because a recipe says you're going to finish it, you know, ten twelve. Unless it's something like brewing classic styles, yeah, um, the same thing. <laughs> uh, then um, you know it may or may not be the case. It depends on all those other factors. If you want to get something to attenuate down, I mean, you could throw like Beano in there, and it'll probably you know probably start ripping away, and it just means you have a lot of you know long chain uh, dextrins in there, and so hard to say for sure. 
Yeah, I suppose I suppose throwing, you know, if he'd wanted to sacrifice the batch or, you know, put in or right. draw off a quart of it and try the Beano method and it took off, that would tell him that he's it's uh right. It's a dextrin problem or fermentability problem. Cuz if you throw in, you know, the thing is, you can't throw in just yeast. You need once there's alcohol in there and carbon dioxide and the pH is dropped and all that and the sugars are low, you need to only put in active yeast. So if you're going to try and get something started, you need to um, not just make a starter, decant off, you know, let the yeast settle out, and then throw it in. What you do is you get, you know, a fresh pitch of yeast, you put it in with a little bit of starter wort, get it to high croissant, and then dump it all in while it's at high croissant. Um, that's the only way that it'll continue fermenting. You know, otherwise, there's just nothing to interest them. Um, the other thing to try is, like, lager yeast, because it'll ferment some of the longer sugars that the ale yeasts won't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at this point in fermentation, you know, not a big deal. The other thing to do is just to taste it and see how it tastes. If it tastes sweet, uh, really sweet, then, you know, maybe there's an issue. But if it tastes fine, then it's fine. Just go ahead and carbonate and drink it. That'd be my my take on it. Yeah, good point. Okay. Perfection. This is one from John, and it has three questions. So uh, before we get to the John's three questions, one question per email, please, everybody. It is not fair to everybody else if we have to go through three questions because you couldn't be bothered to hit send and then write a new email twice. But so I'm only going to pick one of these for right now. Maybe we'll answer the other ones on another show. What do you guys think of that? Oh, you know Great. that's never going to happen. Perfect. Well, yeah, right. Uh, okay, so this is question number one from John. I've been room for real a couple of years now. Most of the process is relatively cut and dry, with the exception of mashing and also flame out. Personally, I've been winging it from the time I turn off the propane to the time the wort goes through my heat exchanger. A friend of mine showed me how he whirlpooled in a keggle, which is what I'm using for a kettle. I have no screen in the concave bottom and use nylon bags for hops. Uh, how long from flame out to whirlpool? How long after? Wow, he has like eight questions within question one. Uh, how long should should it be? I guess from flame out to whirlpool. How long after the whirlpool before you run the wort through the heat exchanger? How do you actually whirlpool? Like with a mash paddle or whatever? Um, so is some amount of troop good for the yeast during fermentation? Yes. This is the worst question in the world, John. Sorry, buddy, but... Yeah, um... That's why it's so should, hard if, you, maybe, if yeah. you stack these questions right, like that. We should maybe, maybe do a Whirlpool show, is what that tells me. Yes. Um, but yeah, just generally, you turn off the flame, uh, you get the, the Whirlpooling immediately, um, and then... After... By stirring with the mash paddle or a spoon. Right, or pumping it or whatever, and after you've uh got it uh you know in a vortex in a vortex and you let it go you know it takes 15 20 minutes for the particles to move to the middle and then you stop the whirlpool or you know let the whirlpool stop by itself and then give it 15 20 minutes 30 minutes for everything to settle to the bottom and then you go ahead and run it out into your heat exchanger that's pretty much it and um you know, people, oh, you know, cold break is good for the yeast and fermentation. And, um, yeah, you know, there's so much cold break already in there that you can't see. If you know, if you're adding stuff that you can see, you know, it's not even really needed. There's plenty of break material in there. Um, I don't think you really want to carry a whole lot over. It's, um, it's like that second Big Mac. You don't need right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you'll, you go. you'll eat it, but... Really... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would, uh, you know, I, I try and leave that break material behind. Uh, I think it's actually more important in a lager and um, less important in a highly flavored ale. But uh, you know, some people don't. They don't care. They just transfer the whole thing and just go with it that way. Meh. There you go. Sounds good to me. If you can ask my opinion, you can get my, my opinion. That's all I can say. Yep, but I think I think you're kind of right. We may want to do a whirlpool show and kind of 
because I that's that's got to be one of our top ten questions that we get when we're out at events is about whirlpooling or when to add hops to the whirlpool, all these kind of things. Why are you so handsome? They yeah, get, they get that, that one lot. comes up. I get that a how lot. Is it, how come it's so big? Like a lot. I get that a lot. Yes. Yes. Why is John so handsome? Why am I so handsome? Oh. Yeah. Now that I wouldn't imagine. You know, I got I got the um, the weirdest backhanded third person compliment the other day. Um, Warren's wife, Beardy, <laughs> our good heretic brewer. Her um, name's not Beardy. <laughs> no, her name is Candy. Yes. Maybe he doesn't want me to say it. Um, apparently she had told Warren that I'm attra- I'm I'm attractive I'm no I'm, excuse me I'm attractive good, I'm, to trolls I'm good looking for a, a guy troll. in the beer industry <laughs> and I kind of don't know how to take that <laughs> well I'm in the beer industry JP so yeah well are you attractive for There's a guy in the oh I guess you're apparently my, you're my she, she's never seen me <laughs> I've never seen John. So, so if she had, would, would I be less attractive for a guy in the beer industry, or yeah. or would I just be one of the, another guy in the beer industry? Well, there you go. That's that's no, true. That's I think JP, you should firmly believe that this means that you're better looking than Jamil and I. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. When we get together, it's like the the triforce of handsome. It's just that's true. <laughs> like I, the I three know. amigos. We're just just too sexy. <laughs> that's yeah. right. It's too sexy. See what we're not too sexy <laughs> for a break. All right. Like let's take short, let's hey, yeah, it's great. Let's take a short break and we'll do more after this. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape. We've been supplying brewers in Australia for 21 years, and for all that time we've been working to offer the best service around, including free fortnightly all-grain brewing demos, 90 varieties of malted grain from Belgium, Germany, the US, Britain and Australia, equipment from Browmeisters, Kegerators and Crown Urns to the humble brew in a bag bag, heaps of hops, wire yeast liquid and fermenters and Danstar dried yeast cultures, fresh work kits made at Mountain Goat Brewery and on the 200 litre Browmeister right here in the warehouse. We also sponsor and support brewing clubs and comps, the Australian National Home Brewing Conference, Aussie Home Brewer Forum and heaps more. Mostly, though, 100 years of brewing experience means that we can give you the best advice on your next recipe, your new system, or that brewing problem that needs a solution. Mention the Brewing Network next time you order online or by phone for freight-free on your next order. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients in the best customer service in the business. 
Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Chef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. Oh, yeah. We're back. So, how are those technicals? <laughs> my technicals? I tell you, my technicals were much better after I went to adamandeve.com. Ah. You didn't like that one? Well, I don't know. I kind of loved it. <laughs> you love my technicals? I do. AdamandEve.com. I'll tell you what you're going to love at AdamandEve.com. Me? You want to spice things up in the bedroom? You fantasize about surprising your love with a new toy or, or adult movie? Well, here's a great offer for you. Go to AdamandEve.com. For a limited time only, you're going to get 50% off just about any item in the store. They have thousands and thousands of items. Select your one item at 50% off. You're going to get three free adult DVDs. You get a free extra gift uh, uh, for some uh, sensual pleasure. And uh, to top it off. <laughs> get distracted there, Jamil. <laughs> it's quite sensual. <laughs> uh, to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. Uh, so check out adamandeve.com today. You use the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L. That's right. My name's an offer code on adminive.com. Yeah, I Check. believe you were trying to impress a woman with that yeah. bit of information. Yeah, my wife. Check me here. <laughs> Did Check it work? me, dear. I've got she was uh, mildly pleased. And if I got some stuff at adminive.com, she'd be far more pleased. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't want to say. It. So, get your 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 item off at 50% off. Um using the offer code. Unit. Yeah, get off at 50%. Um for one item using J-A-M-I-L and you get three free DVDs free extra gift and free shipping it's a great deal uh, you know if you if you have any need for uh, the items that they sell uh, you, you you can hardly go wrong uh, so true. check it out it's really uh, quite the value so use uh, offer code J-A-M-I-L at com today also follow them on Twitter they have a rather interesting Twitter feed um, some of it's not exactly safe for work but uh, you know well, where you work, it's I can't fine. imagine that there's anything that's not safe. Right. Um, yeah. Good people. Although Mike cried out his Hello Kitty feed. <laughs> Are you into Hello Kitty, JB? Uh, no, I'm not a big Sanrio fan. No, not really. I mean, you know, it's cute and all that, but, you know, I could do without it in my life. Now that you've but, gotten um, older. Now that I've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say I worked at the uh, Martinez Beer Fest a little bit ago, and uh, I happened to be in the booth, and someone was like, "Here, I found this card. It's a credit card. It was a Hello Kitty credit card." And that my in, in my initial reaction was, "I would totally have a Hello Kitty credit card." And then I realized that that's not necessarily their target age range. Right. You know, you can get a Hello Kitty uh, email address. Oh, yeah. It's like one of those domains that's totally open. So you just go to the Hello Kitty website and you sign up for an email address. It could be Jamil at HelloKitty dot com. Huh. Yeah. I'm probably going to get one. Yeah, see, I have a credit card with, like, boobs on it or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. In 3D. Like, probably be warned hey, boobs. Justin, JP, and Jamil. Right. Three, three boobs on it. <laughs> <laughs> All three of our pictures on there. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie. Did you happen to see that movie? No. That was, that was a good one, Palmer. That was it was funny. One. Did you like that movie? I did. I mean... The the theater was half well three quarters kids and the other you know rest parents yeah and I swear the parents were laughing louder I know. mean they look like the Three Stooges but I've never been a Three Stooges guy and you know and I realized that a lot of a lot of 
people think it's you're starting you, to look like Curly Joe here. If you're if you're a guy, you have to be into cars and the Three Stooges, and I just I never and got you're into, into cats. Them. I'm totally into cats. Yeah, well, there you go. And the, the Three Musketeers. No, I just never got into them. Mm. Did see the Hunger Games though? That was a horrible movie. And now, do you watch a lot of Sex in the City stuff like that? No. All right. Well. Anyway. So, so it's just a, a confusion there. Look, Palmer, you and I will talk movies later. Apparently, Jamil wants to <laughs> answer wants to questions, derail this, yeah, and um, you know, talk about Krausening, like I have one from Sparge Pervert, who again, who has like eight questions. I'll in tell here. you, we'll go a little long on this show here. Why would we want to do make that? up make up for for our wasted time? Go ahead. Forget that. We're going to end right now. Um, hey we guys, finish right now. We're going to finish right now. Uh, love listening to the show. I've got loads of great advice. <laughs> which has helped me improve my brewing so much, I'm interested to know a bit more about Krausening. Having read a bit about it online, uh, I've had a look through the archives and don't think you've done a show on it. I was basically wondering if there are any advantages of using Krausening to bottle condition over the usual sugar DME approach that most homebrewers use. Also, if I want to Krausen, is there an easy way of knowing how much newly fermenting wort of a specific gravity to use in order to get the right amount of carbonation? Hmm... Yeah, the advantage is the the yeast are active and live and already fermenting when you throw it in there, and so you know you get uh, more sure carbonation if you know your yeast is questionable in the in the beer currently, and a little ox- antioxidation boost right, from the from the active fermentation there. Um, John, how would you calculate? I I know I've seen calculations for the amount of coisin to, to to be added. Yeah, I. I don't have uh, an equation off the top of my head. Um, I would Google search for. Um, there's probably coisoning calculators out there. Does Kai or, have one on his his site? I thought maybe I saw something there. I thought he did some stuff with coisoning. You know, he might. Yeah, it's a very German technique. So uh, yeah, you that's right. Maybe he, does. he he might it's, have something. I mean, it, advantages, yeah, like the antioxidant thing, and mm-hmm. and um, it's oh, you know, if you're the kind of guy that is interested in you know the German beer purity law kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know fun for you to to try to replicate, you know, uh, uh, that te- kind of technique, um, go for it. But I mean, otherwise, I really, I think it's a, a small benefit. And, um, you know, if it's fun for you, do it. But otherwise, I really, I don't think there's enough benefit in coisoning to um, warrant using it on a regular basis. Um, you know, but on the other hand, Jamil and I have recommended coisoning in a few cases to, say, fix stuck fermentations or, you know, other, other you know, uses for it. But as far as just for general carbonating, I think it's easier just to use prime and sugar. Yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Next question. Next question is from the chat. It's our good buddy Afterlab. says, a forum member has asked this question and didn't get any response. He roughly added three times as much yeast nutrient as suggested, imagine, to a starter. Are there any adverse effects to expect from this? I couldn't find the specific topic covered in the yeast book. I'm assuming the yeast take what they need and leave the rest of the nutrients, but I wasn't sure. Well, it depends on what's in it, but you can uh, it can become toxic to the yeast. You can <laughs> jack jack them dudes up. Oh, so uh, it's like anything. If you you know pour enough like like zinc, you know yeast are usually deficient in zinc, or you know the wort's deficient in zinc, and the, the you know it's a cofactor in a lot of things and membrane health and all that stuff. So. You want to add zinc. If you add enough zinc, you'll it would just kill the yeast. I mean, outright yeah. kill them. So you just have to be careful of that. Three times what's recommended. I bet you it's fine. I yeah, think you know you're not getting any use out of it, but uh, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Wait, you know, hurt your pocketbook more than anything. All right. Okay. Sounds good. <clears throat> Here's one about malting and gluten-free brewing. Uh, this is from Sam. He says, uh, just a quick question. My girlfriend actually brought up when I was di- uh, excuse me, drying home-malted gluten-free grains for my last batch. I've been using her oven for about two days trying to get my malt to dry at the right temps. When she a- asked, 
If you're going to add water right back to it, what's the point of getting it all dry? <laughs> I, I covered my ass explaining about how roasted, toasted malts have different characteristics depending on time, temp, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, but do I gain anything by drying and killing my base malts, such as flavor, aroma, compounds, or overall protein stability, if I'm just going to be tossing it straight into my mash tun and I'm only looking to get something like base two row as a final result? He says, just to clarify, I'm just referring to grains in a homebrew setting that could go from spouting vessel to mash tun in a few seconds. Obviously, there would need there would be storage issues with wet grain. I know the yeah. Sunday session did a show about uh, gluten-free somewhat, and maybe I missed it, but it seems like uh, an overall home malting and gluten-free brewing topics are blah, 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 blah. So, Yeah, you really need to develop some of the flavors, I think. Um, <coughs> part of the, it, you can, the killing uh, generates, yeah. Yeah. Uh, kilning is an important part of malt flavor development. So, you know, not kilning at all, I think, you know, maybe a little insipid. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that might be an issue. So I would think they they taste different. You know, try. Uh, next time, you know, half a batch. You know, you might try even kilning a, a little warmer. Uh, see if you can get away with that. And I don't know. Yeah, generate some pale malt type flavors. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. This is a uh, an email that has two questions, so I'm picking one. This is from Kyle. He says, "What up, my network? Uh, the yeast pitching rate calculator often suggests yeah, you're getting kind of dinged on that today. Aren't you? Not ding, but uh, there's a lot of questions involving on that. Uh, I get like millions of hits on that thing. Uh, the yeast pitching rate calculator often suggests a 1.5 liter starter or greater based on my usual inputs." The yeast book from Homeboy and Dogmeat suggests not only pitching a starter that is greater than 5% of the wort volume. Uh, excuse me. It not it suggests not pitching a starter that is greater than 5% of the wort volume. I also understand that it's best to pitch the starter at high Krausen. Is it better to pitch a big starter at high Krausen, or should I wait until the starter finishes, decant the beer, and then just pitch the remaining yeast? Thanks to keep up the good work. Looking forward to reading all about water while tasting a heretic beer over in North Carolina. Right again, if if the starter volume is going to be more than five percent of the beer, so like a liter in 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 a twenty liter batch, or you know kind of a liter a quart in a five gallon batch, then it's you know too much, and it's better to chill it, let the yeast settle out, decan it, and just just pitch the yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, one one aspect of his question was. You know, better to pitch at high croissant or after it's settled. And I guess, would you agree, Jamil, that, you know, best at high croissant and then 95% as good as pitching after it has had a chance to settle, build up its glycogen reserves, and then and to, you've been able to decant the, the, the yeast? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a... It's not a huge best difference. Well, and, right, and then and then I think the thing that kind of evens them out even further is, well, you're putting all this, you know, starter spent starter wort into yeah. your beer, and that's got to have a flavor impact too. So maybe the two are you know, kind of equal based off of that. That's true. So yeah, I always tended towards really just letting the yeast settle out and then pitching just the yeast. And then, you know, sometimes I would you know, take a little bit of wort the morning of and add that back and get them going again and then pitch that in. But I'd use a much smaller volume. So, you know, I I don't know. I, I think it's pretty, you know, equal on both. Okay. All right. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up with more of your questions after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazing 
deadly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Hey, Jack, what you doing? Playing Warcraft? No way. It's TBG time, buddy. TBG? Get with it. I'm playing that brewery game. What brewery game? No, that's the name of the site, thatbrewerygame.com. What? Yeah, check it out, man. If you've ever brewed beer in your dreams or wish you could mash in right from your desk at work, you can. Kind of. With That Brewery Game. You can brew up a great batch of beer from anywhere, virtually. Then you can sell it, because in that brewery game, it's legal to sell your beer to the public, create recipes, brew virtually, upgrade your equipment, upload labels, and test market your brand at thatbrewerygame.com. You still slinging pissed off birds into buildings from your phone? Forget that. Try making beer. Sweet. Register right now for your free account at thatbrewerygame.com. Brew. Drink. Play. ThatBreweryGame.com In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. To the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. A couple more questions. Are you enjoying this uh, breezy Sunday afternoon? Monday afternoon. Monday. Monday. Monday what, is it Monday? I think it's Tuesday. Monday. Sure? Yeah. Man, it'll be glad when we move spaces so we don't have to hear these awful cars running by. <laughs> the windows are closed. <laughs> oh, that's about... Does it break the fourth wall when I talk about that stuff? Yes. It breaks the fart wall when you talk about that. Shit. All right. Uh, 
have a, a, a kind of a long one. This is from Mike. I've heard that before. <laughs> from Mike? That he has a long <laughs> one? But I'm Go on, go on. Okay, sorry, sorry. I thought you were going to say something. No, I missed it. Uh, this is called Cold Break Carboy Transfer Question. Hey guys, just started listening to the Bruce Strong. I'm a huge fan of the session, uh, but I'm loving the next level of nerdiness you have to offer. I've heard <laughs> that's, that's all right. I've heard various podcasts about whirlpooling, then transferring to a carboy. First of all, I use immersion chillers and don't have a pump. I use a 10 gallon Blickman kettle and usually do extract and partial mashes. Yesterday, I brewed the archaic recipe from the Paxton Stroisa. It calls for a decoction step mash as my first tip. The mash was pretty successful. I used a grain bag and nearly got all the temps right. My problem is when I chill and transfer. I used to put the immersion chiller in the kettle and stir continually while it cools to speed up the process. Then I was reminded on Brew Strong how I should keep the lid on the kettle and let the chiller do its work. I stopped the flame, stirred for 20 minutes with the chiller in the kettle, put the lid on, turned the hose on, and waited. It took probably 20 minutes. Then I transferred. It completely clogged my little tube filter attachment that came with the Blickman kettle after five seconds of liquid flowing. So I ended up having to wash my arm, sanitize it, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, got, he got kind of all kinds of hot and cold break. Is that bad? He can't seem to do a brew that doesn't have all that crap coming through. Um, how should he whirlpool? Well, chill with the immersion chiller. You can stir while you're chilling gently, and that will speed the chilling. Once it's chilled... Then take the whirlpool chiller out, or the immersion chiller out, stir it up, get a vortex going, and let that vortex settle over 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Then you should have a better cone of brake material in the center of the kettle, and you should be able to draw off slowly to begin with uh, to the chiller without clogging. Jamil? Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, he goes on to say that he put a three liter starter in the warp. Goes on to say, Jesus Christ! I what know. happened to your one question per email well, rule? If if I don't, then the other two questions are follow up questions from other emails. So it's like six of one, half dozen the other at this point. Um, <laughs> he used the uh, yeast calculator and stir plate, and it kicks a major ass. Last night, he woke up to find his blow off container, which is pretty big, overflowing everywhere. Um. Am I losing a ton of yeast when the blow-off tube is shooting out foam and gunk like that? Will that loss mess up my attenuation? Thanks. Sorry Sorry that this is a long story. I'm hoping Justin gives me shit for that. No, you only got me. Sorry, dude. Um, yeah, the... Iron editor. You're losing yeast. Uh, as you can tell, when you clean up that mess, there's going to be a, a ton of yeast there. But... Um, it generally will not hurt attenuation unless you are completely skimming continuously off the top. I agree. We need a signal. Throw <laughs> uh, a peanut want, at him. You want yeah. one more or uh, that's it? You guys tell me. Uh, I'll take it any, any more in the chat? Nope, no more in the chat. Uh, lazy bastards in the chat. That's yeah, it. One, one more then. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, to use hot bags or not to use hot bags. I found that using hot bags seems to give me less IBUs. This may be a perception, not a reality, but it just seems I do not get the same hop oil extraction when using a bag. However, the benefits of using a bag outweighs the extra hops. Also, I can go to a paint store and buy nylon. Blah 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 blah. Okay, look, should he use hot bags or not? That's that's his that's his <laughs> giant paragraph. Well, I question. think I think he answered it for himself. Yeah, uh, you you'll get lower utilization, but. If it's convenient, if it's convenient and it outweighs the the negative of having to use more hops, then no big deal. Go for it. Oh, I do. I do notice he also says um, I can go to a paint store and buy nylon paint straining bags compared to what appears to be the same product from a homebrew shop for ten times the price. I'm all for supporting my local homebrew store, but come on, it's not the same thing, dude. Those those paint bags are not food grade material. They might feel the same. They might feel the same, but they're 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 not the same at all. Um, at least speaking, when I brought in the uh, the bags that Morbier currently uses, uh, we got all sorts of food testing done on them, and and I guarantee you, paint bag manufacturers do not do that. So you can you can use those fly by night Ace Hardware bags, but at least the ones you get from uh, you know homebrew shops at least have been tested 
food grade. So there you go, dude. Yeah, I didn't like to use bags. Um, you know, I'll do it if I have anything Thanks over six me. ounces. I'll do it, but for the most part, I you know doesn't matter to me. And and honestly, I don't really notice a difference either. So it's just it's just if I feel like walking across the garage to get the bag or not. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work. Yeah, tremendous amount of effort involved. Well, yeah, I'm lazy. What do you want? Yeah. <coughs> All right. <laughs> well, another fine show. Just like we promised, it would be. Yeah. So excellent and such high quality. We knew that's us. We are high quality. (laughs) I feel like you're just in the mood to record a new heretic spot right now. I am. I'm ready to go to sleep. Thanks for drinking heretic beer, boys. I'll record it for you. Oh, yeah. Palmy would be good at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Rock candy. Greetings, heretics. This is rock candy coming (laughs) to you live from wherever I am right now. Hello, freaks. Hello, freaks. Drink some heretic beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that might be pretty good. That'd all be right. great. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll have to do that. I'm John Palmer, and I know what's good. <laughs> I wrote oh, a book. True. I mean, truth in advertising is always a good thing. There you go. All right. Cool. Well, I, I at least had fun. I don't know about the rest of you. but uh, I did. All right. Well, and if you had fun and you like this sort of thing, uh, check out the Brain Network store, because anything you purchase there directly goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and really helps out. Uh, also check out our great sponsors, BlickmanEngineering.com. They, uh, they innovate your homebrew. Yes, they do. We should stop using that until he gives me uh, royalties for it. Juan, he's, uh, he's <laughs> Talk to him about that for you, would paying you? you all the royalties for... Is he? For uh, how much it's worth. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> never, underestimate, and never underestimate a good marketing slogan, dude. Right, right. So check that out. Uh, you know, let Blickman know that you, you enjoy sponsorship and and uh, check out all the other great things in the store. Uh, like I said, it helps keep the Brewing Network on the air. Till then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody. 